Look guys, I spend a lot of time writing these intros every week, probably more time than is really necessary, but I'm doing it all for you, the listeners. This week's episode is about a farting dragon. How am I supposed to make jokes about that? I say we just get right into the episode, then next week, it's back to the jokes. This has got a recap, a Samurai Jack rewatch podcast, and this week's episode is about a farting dragon. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Back to the cast. Gotta recap. It is episode 21. Brendan, our episodes are now old enough to buy beer. Hell yeah. That means they're cool now. Well, you don't have to. I mean, that's that doesn't automatically yeah, make you cool. Yeah, Maybe does. they choose. No, it does. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, our podcast is pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> Nick Montagani, I am here with uh, the the psychonaut brendan riley i'm a psychonaut now I, w- I would ask you how you're doing but i know that you've spent your entire week playing psychonauts too which yeah you've been very very excited for and i'm very happy for you that it exists in this world now i'm in a deep dark depression because i have to wait another 16 years for psychonauts <laughs> 3 to come out brendan how is psychonauts 2 spoiler free impressions um pretty good uh, it's okay. it's missing some things, I think, that made the first one kind of stand out a little bit more. Um, it doesn't have the levels like uh, some of the better ones in the first one would be the Waterloo level or the Lungfishopolis, where you're a giant like monster destroying a city full of like little lungfish people. It doesn't ever quite go as far as those ones do. Most of them are pretty linear. Uh, like I compared it when I was talking to a friend of mine more to like a like a God of War kind of thing where you've got like some platforming sections and then a combat arena and then some platforming and everything's pretty linear. Uh, There are no like puzzles like there were in the first one in the G man level specifically you're running around getting like a stop sign. So you look like a construction worker and things like that. And this one doesn't have anything like that. It's kind of more streamlined than the other one. Um, But with all that aside though, I enjoyed it a lot. I got the platinum for it in under a week (laughs) um like 20 hours probably all all said and done oh that's not bad yeah no uh it was very good i enjoyed it a lot um but there are a few things that like looking back on it i'm like ah it it wasn't quite as good as it could have been but i think after 16 years of waiting i was never going to be as like stoked about it as i could have been which reminds me uh (laughs) don't get this in depth on it but how did you feel about kingdom hearts 3 uh, pretty much the same. Um, okay, I thought so. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the same. Um, yeah, after that long, I, I imagine that nobody who's been waiting for that game could possibly, like, there's yeah. no way it could live um, up to the expectations. The thing this one had going for it over Kingdom Hearts 3, though, is that the story picks up right where it left off, and it's constantly delivering more story, where Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, backloaded all the story. You get nothing until the final two hours of the game. You're trying to, yeah, I mean, if we're even trying to, like, 
give any free passes to the story in the Kingdom Hearts franchise. Like, that's just not going to fly on this podcast. <laughs> as long as I'm one of our hosts, I'm not going to let that slide. Yeah, you don't get any, like, hard story in, in Kingdom Hearts until the end. <laughs> it's all just Disney bullshit uh, up until that point. Well, I am, yeah, again, I'm I'm very happy for you that Psychonauts 2 finally exists mm-hmm. in this world. Um, I had played about like an hour and a half of Psychonauts 1 uh, maybe a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, hated it oh, because it does the not platforming well is here. like so archaic. Yeah, it's, um, it's rough. <laughs> yeah, I like I can excuse. I mean, you know me, my favorite game is Super Mario 64. So like. I, I but like I have that attachment to mm-hmm. that platforming and like the camera and all stuff like that. Um, but having never touched Psychonauts before, I was like, well, I don't know why anyone likes this. Well, the final level of the first Psychonauts is infamous for being the most horrible platforming section in like any platforming game. It's it's called the Meat Circus and everybody hates it. I like the name Meat Circus. It's though. very cool. Yeah, <laughs> I can get behind. You that. don't really need to have played the first one. You should. Uh, because this, like I said, direct continuation, it takes place three days after the first one. So you should, because it's all still okay. fresh in all the characters' minds, but you don't really have to. So I do plan to actually play Psychonauts 2 because it's uh, free on Xbox Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really have an excuse not to try that out. Um, and I've heard really good things. You know, I've seen reviews online. People seem really positive about it, which I think is cool in like 2021 that like Psychonauts 2 is like a big, like an actual game of the year contender. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you may hate the fact that <laughs> to prepare for that, I watched a explainer video on the plot of Psychonauts 1. Oh, that's fine. On YouTube. <laughs> uh, the only, uh, see, I'm not, I don't, I'm not like against that, but I feel like you're missing out on a lot of the charm that is all the characters that aren't directly involved in the plot like all the different heads you go into um which this one every character is uh integral to the plot and the first one it wasn't really so much that way i played brutal legend that's basically the same right? yeah that's a that's a double fine joint it's a fine game it's pretty good a double it's got, fine game it's got the same kind of uh there's an, an easter egg in in psychonauts one where if you force the camera through a mountain you can see a picture of one of the developers and his at the time girlfriend and in Brutal Legend, there's a pipe you can go into and you can do the same thing. Uh, and you see an updated picture of him and then his at the time wife. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. I, like I didn't that. find it in this one, but I also wasn't looking for it. So <laughs> time will tell. Oh, you can't kill the animals anymore, though. I'm pissed. Oh, no. You can still try. And he still makes quippy remarks about it, but they don't actually explode anymore. In the first one, you could explode pigeons with your pyrokinesis. And he'd be like, see you in hell. And like, <laughs> it was really fun. But in this one, you like try to burn one. And he goes, I love not killing animals. I think people have done a 180 on killing animals in video games. Um, I'm firmly against it. Uh, I hate any video game that like makes dogs scary and you have to kill them. Oh, yeah. Uh, I really hate when that happens, especially like in a game that I love. Uh, the Last of Us Two, which I know I liked <laughs> I a lot more than you did. Up too, yeah, <laughs> like they really relish in killing the dogs in that game in a way yeah. that like makes me feel sick. I stopped after the. I actually stopped playing the game entirely after the first dog encounter, where like you're feeding it out of the can and it bites you. Um, I was like, nope. Oh god, I'm done. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it, but no. Um, you know what? Where they don't kill any dogs is in 
Samurai Jack. I'm not sure. That might not be true. <laughs> there might be some dead dogs in this TV show. Aren't there like um, crucified dogs in the second episode? Oh, yeah. There's lots of dead dogs. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. So We talked emails. about how horrified we were of all the dead, dead dogs. Yeah, strung up on posts. Oh, my God. All right. I got to stop talking about this. Uh, instead, let's talk about a nice, lighthearted episode of the show. Uh, Brendan, let's, let's recap episode 21. Yeah, let's do it. Episode 21 of Samurai Jack. Um, Brendan, would, would you care to guess the name of this episode? I, we've been on a little bit of a pattern here where it's disappointing. there's been obvious answers or disappointing answers. Um, I think you can do it. Is it Jack in the Belly of the Beast? <laughs> That's uh, You know what? That's a really good episode title. Yeah. Uh, no. Jack in the Stinky incorrect. Village. <laughs> Jack and the the big time fart. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, episode 21 is called Jack and the Dragon. You should have simplified. Uh, see, I, I kind of figured it was, <laughs> but I didn't want it to be. Now, as usual, they're not as creative as we are, although like, we complained last week that the name. Why didn't they call it Jack and the Mountain? Because there was a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's not simple enough for us. <laughs> we go back and forth. We're never pleased with the show, <laughs> but we'll soldier on through all these episodes anyway. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm so excited for this. <laughs> yeah. Episode 21, uh, September 6th, 2002. Um, so it opens up and Jack approaches a waterfall in a forest. Very familiar looking waterfall. <laughs> Very familiar looking waterfall. I think we've seen like five or six times on this television program. Uh, he approaches it and there are some fish swimming in the river. Um, and we can see that Jack is crafting a spear out of a stick uh, with a sword. Mm -hmm. It's actually a pretty cool shot. We always see is like the stick and his sword, like from his perspective. And it seems like they're playing a bit more with like different perspectives than they were before. The art seems to be improving like in different ways every episode now. Right. They like to like get a little creative like with the quote unquote camera placement. Mm -hmm. um, even like this next shot of like the camera in the water like looking up at Jack holding this spear and like yeah. the fun like distortion of the rippling waves. Yep. Uh, like Jack is a fun house mirror. Yeah, that was pretty neat too. Yeah, Jack is holding the spear getting ready to strike uh, a fish. Uh, but then a dead fish floats by in the water. Um, we can tell it's dead because it's got X's in its eyes. Mm -hmm. And it's like rolling around. <laughs> All right. He's very puzzled by this dead fish. Uh, but then there are many more dead fish floating <laughs> yeah. through the There's river. There's a lot of dead fish. Something drastic has happened here. Um, he's kind of puzzled. Uh, and then a a deer runs out of the woods and makes like a kind of panicked cry and like runs up to Jack and just kind of stares at him. Um, the deer is blue. I don't mm -hmm. think there's any significance to that, but I just kind of thought it was fun. Yeah, I think that's the first blue deer we've seen. First blue deer, certainly not the last. Maybe it'll lead to something. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? I doubt it. Um, yeah, it kind of stares at Jack for a minute and then runs away. Um, and then like a stampede of farm animals follows after the deer mm -hmm. what go ahead i was gonna say what i thought was interesting was the uh the direction they're running is the opposite direction the dead fish were coming from so they're like running towards where the fish were dying 
Hmm. I thought that was yeah. interesting. Or it does, I don't right. think it means anything, but there's a path of destruction that whatever spooking all these animals, um, it's sort of covering all of the land here. We'll get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all these these animals sort of run through the scene. Um, and they all kind of run past Jack. He's like very puzzled as to what's going on. Um, but then this twisting green vapor trail starts to float out from the forest. And <laughs> so HBO Max has the Roman numeral. Uh, they don't have the episode titles for any of these mm. Samurai Jack episodes. Uh, but they have the numeral and the like a thumbnail from the episode. But I had no clue looking at this what episode this was. Um, Brendan, would you believe it if I said I have been waiting for this episode from the very moment we started this oh, podcast? Oh, really? I don't. <laughs> yeah. I see. I don't remember this one at all. I remember this one vividly because of everything that transpires <laughs> from this point going forward. Yeah, I was baffled watching this episode. Um. The very moment that I saw this this gas trail floating out from the forest, I audibly said, sitting on my couch, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, here comes the stank. <laughs> I was so excited. I've been so excited to talk about this stupid-ass episode. It's so good. Um, so let's do just that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this, this gas trail floats right in front of Jack's nose. Um, he sniffs it. And immediately starts gagging and like waving his hand in front of his face, trying to get the stink out of his face. <laughs> he covers his face uh, with his hands and like follows the source of this this winding, twisting gas trail all the way through the forest, through the trees. Mm-hmm. He reaches a clearing and it's this big clearing uh, with like a bunch of dead, blackened plants everywhere. Um, whatever this stinky vapor is, is destroyed, like, all of the vegetation in this area. Yeah, it's just, like, a barren wasteland. Uh, yeah. And you can only really tell that it was, a, like, a farm because there are little signs and there's a plow. Right. Yeah. It's, like, an absolute destruction, whatever happened here, because of this noxious gas. Um, in the distance, uh, we can see, like, this big city, uh... Like this village that is surrounded by this noxious gas, like completely enveloped in like a big gas cloud. Um, it's a very, hmm, we haven't really seen it yet, but you can immediately tell it's a a rustic looking city mm-hmm. uh, surrounded by a big castle wall. Uh, things are going to get weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there appears to be no castle, though, from what I can see. No, yeah, it's just like this big wall with the, you know, the castle design. What do they what do they call that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gothic? Would it be gothic? Mm, sure. We'll go with that. If you know, you can tell us at gotarecap.gmail.com. <laughs> There's tur- tur- turrets? Yes. Yeah. Para- parapet? Yeah. Is a parapet a thing? What's a parapet? A parapet is a thing. Is that the thing that you, that's like a hole in the wall that you shoot arrows down through? That sounds good to me. I think it is. Um, I'm not sure, though. I don't know much about castle design. <laughs> well, you better learn because this episode gets into it heavily. <laughs> um, Jack starts approaching that city. And yeah, he's walking through this this valley of just completely dead crops. Um, when suddenly a a hand 
bursts out from the ground beneath him like a zombie. Yeah, uh, I actually thought this was going to be a zombie episode at that point. I was like, oh, here it is. I, yeah, I immediately knew better because I knew what the episode was, but it is very zombie-like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got like, gre- it's like a green hand with like the nails all grown out and dirty. Mm-hmm. Tattered uh, clothes. Yeah. Yeah, just like this disgusting looking hand reaches up and grabs Jack's shoulder and like pulls him down. Um, We can see that the hand belongs to this very dirty and distressed man that warns Jack to turn back while he still can, he says, Uh, and then like just collapses over and looks like he's dead. Yep. It's a very, yeah, this man like very distressed like this really weird character design with like this very gaunt face looks like a ghoul mm-hmm. with like these huge teeth and like a huge wide nose and like these green monster eyes like a frankenstein yeah two different sized eyes yeah um he's all fucked up jack says uh, oh that that poor unfortunate creature <laughs> when the man that we thought was dead then turns over and says to jack I'm not poor. <laughs> I am unfortunate, though. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He does admit to being unfortunate. Um, <laughs> they just he takes a, great. Yeah, it's a full on. Uh, I can't. I lost it now. Fuck. It's a full on Monty Python bit. Yeah, it's like very much going for like the Holy Grail bit of like the the peasants in the <laughs> shit and King Arthur <laughs> insulting them. Pretty much one for one. Yeah, that's clearly what they were going for there. That's a reference I do get. Can't put that one past us. <laughs> yeah. Unless um, somebody wants to write in and tell us that's also from a samurai cinema movie. And I won't believe you. Yeah, not this time. Uh, last week's Instagram c- commenter. Uh, yeah, this very strange man. He goes on like a Monty Python rant and he just takes great offense to being called poor. Uh <laughs> Jack says to him, oh, you're alive. And the man's like, yeah, of course I'm alive, but that's no reason to call me poor. <laughs> like, goes on for a while. He's very offended by that. <laughs> it also kind of reminds me of the bit from uh, Kung Fu Hustle when he's like running around in the field and everyone keeps dying and they keep going, chosen one. And he runs back over. And they're like, I'm not dead. And it goes on <laughs> for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So many jokes in this episode. <laughs> yeah, this one's like a joke a minute. Oh, yeah. Tell me, where is this horrible stench coming from? Oh, you must mean the stench that ruined our crops, that rendered generations of backbreaking labor completely and utterly useless. That yes, that stench. They say, they say it comes from. And he's about to tell Jack where the smell came from when we can see the gas like slowly approaching this man's face and like slowly entering his nostril. Um, and he falls over backwards and starts gagging and dry heaving, which seems seems to be doing it for an impossibly long amount of time. Yeah. Just keeps going. It's disgusting. It's very gross. Uh, Jack just like leaves him there. He's like, all right, well, I <laughs> guess I'm going to soldier on here. Had enough of this guy. Uh, <laughs> I feel sick. Um. He walks towards the city Uh, as he starts approaching it. Like these gas clouds start closing in on him and like completely surrounding them. Mm -hmm. Um, He like tries to dodge out of the way of them and then starts like 
swiping at them with his sword to like clear away the gas. Yeah, he cuts he cuts one in half and it kind of like dissipates away from his sword. And then the very next one, it's like closing in on like a hole and he like leaps through the hole in the middle of it. He's basically SpongeBob and Patrick running through the perfume department. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, he's like trying to bob and weave his way through this stinky gas. Uh, but he does me- manage to reach the wall, this castle wall of this village. Um, and he climbs over the wall with a grappling hook. Yeah, that he just kind of has. For, I don't for, know where he got that. For some reason. Um, I noticed with the wall when we get these close-up shots of it, and I noticed this last week as well with the mountain, uh, there's some like aliasing going on with some of the, uh, the, the scenery that I don't think was happening earlier in the show and seems to mm. be like a result of them trying to up the resolution of certain things. There's this weird like layering, like you can see the layers of the the, the scene that they had in. Uh, I I don't think this was traditional like paper animation, so like their whatever their program that they were using is. Um, but it's a little it's something I've started noticing lately, and I hope it doesn't keep up. Time will tell. Yeah, we'll find out. Um, he pulls himself over the wall and enters this city, um, and it's this like medieval village. Like this old medieval ye old village, yeah, um, basically filled, yeah, filled with all of these very strange people, um, yeah, all these weird humans that look like a combination of like the human versions of Muppets uh, and Smurfs, mm-hmm. but like way shittier, <laughs> yeah, and they've got like socks on their heads and <laughs> yeah, dressed very strangely and in weird circumstances. Um, why is there a medieval city in 3,000 years into the future? You, you can't ask these questions. <laughs> the same reason there's 20s gangsters and uh, whatever other <laughs> insert um, example here. I mean, it's one of the things we've talked about in previous episodes where they're like, oh, we came up with an idea for an episode. How do we make it work with Samurai Jack? Yeah, what if, Which, like, what I, if Jack hung out with a bunch of serfs? <laughs> doesn't make any sense do it i don't care print it (laughs) i can i can appreciate them being like all right let's put jack in a medieval setting but then like what they choose to do with the plot in the episode like i just don't know what they were thinking (laughs) well it had to be a medieval setting because the the primary antagonist of the episode yeah well well we'll meet this this person soon enough um yeah the city uh, he like surveys the scene. It's like all brown and dirty, and like all of these these shitty looking people are like completely immobilized by the gas. It's so good. <laughs> like they look like they're all strung out on heroin. Like none of them can do anything in this city. Um, even the pigs covered in shit and flies like are in pain from this gas. Yeah, they're they're not even moving. They're all just laying down. Uh, a dead bird falls out of the sky at one point. Yeah, literally falls straight onto the ground dead. <laughs> and we can tell it's dead because it has X's in its eyes. The telltale sign. Um, There's a huge rumble that starts and Jack like looks around and people start screaming and, and panicking. Um, And we can see outside <laughs> of the city, like the mountains surrounding the city. 
there's this giant wave of this gas that starts to pour over <laughs> the mountains. It's it's designed like a literal wave. Like a, yeah, it looks like a tsunami of like gas. Like a gas tsunami, exactly. Taller than the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> it starts crashing down the side of the mountain. Um, these people are panicking. They're running. They say they're running to everyone has to get to the shelter. And Jack starts running with them. And they finally reach the shelter, but all these townspeople panic because the shelter is full, they say. And then we see what the shelter is in this this tiny little stone hut with a sign behind it that says Yield Shelter. <laughs> yep. And inside of this tiny little stone hut with a single window is a, a cat just sitting in it that lets out like a happy little meow. <laughs> Can't bother the cat. Sorry, guys, it's full. Unless you want to die. The shelter is full. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Save the women and children and cats. <laughs> so all these people, they just start hiding like wherever they can, like literally under the pigs and like in barrels of manure and like <laughs> just trying to get out of the way of this gas that's coming for them. Um, one person literally hops on a horse's back and then the horse jumps over the wall of the city. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I've just had a theory, actually. Go ahead. Going back to the, uh, the why is there a medieval village here? Uh, the yield, <laughs> the yield shelter sign makes me think <laughs> that maybe Aku just really loves like reenactments. So he he told these people they can keep this land, but they have to like transform it into like a a Renaissance fair for him. They have to do. They have to do a. Th- <laughs> 365 yeah. Renaissance Fair, and he'll let them live for free. Yeah, and he'll just show up whenever he wants to hang out at the Renaissance Fair. And I like to think that if when he does show up, he's all dressed in costume, too. Like, he really gets into oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me lords and ladies. Um, <laughs> Aku would love that shit. Yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. Um, okay, this episode, everything makes sense now yep. in this episode. Not a single question left. Oh, nope. except that one thing. We can stop. Do you want to stop recording? Uh, no. Okay, let's keep going. I thought about it. Yeah, this big gas cloud finally descends on the city, and like, yeah, it's this big splash of gas, uh, and everyone who didn't escape the gas in time falls over backwards in like the exact same pose, <laughs> like literally goes like completely falls backwards on their asses and throws like their hands up. It's very dramatic. Yeah, it is. It's very funny. Jack, like, it's very stinky for Jack, and he, he tears off part of his, his gi and wraps it around his face uh, and just, just, like, tries to catch his breath in this big stinky cloud. Yeah, and he's, like, sweating bullets. It's got to be miserable. Yeah, everyone is just, like, completely immobilized again. Um, And Jack is, like, looking around at all of these people in pain, uh, but then he hears someone whistling, which seems very out of place. And he's able to track the source of this whistling to a building sort of in the middle of town. He walks up to the building and there's a sign on the building that says, ye old scissorsmith. Mm-hmm. I actually had to Google what a scissorsmith was because the show does a very poor job of giving you an idea of what they are. I just kind of I, I thought it was a joke, like. Uh, man, like a, a, a medieval man who made scissors. Uh, it, yeah, kind of, uh, essentially, yeah. I, there was somebody who smithed scissors 
but it was also used as like a barber shop term. Okay. Uh, kind of like how barbers used to be like the doctor and yeah. everything else in whatever town. Yeah. But, but when we get a look inside, it, it looks nothing like that. No, there's a lot more going on in <laughs> yield scissorsmith's shop. Uh, yeah, Jack knocks on the door and it opens and we see a man with his back turned to Jack who's hanging sausages on like a clothesline. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and Jack says to him like, oh, well, how can you be whistling with all of this going on? Uh, and the the man turns around and we can see that his nose is gone. Yeah. Like he does not have a nose on his face and it's actually sewn up it's, like where the nose was. It's pretty brutal, actually. <laughs> There's like a, a jagged red scar and huge yeah. like metallic looking stitches in it. It's kind of gross. I didn't like looking at him. No, this man is unsettling and it makes you wonder like if he did this to himself on purpose to like continue to function in this society. Yeah. <laughs> Scissor Smith is horrifying and uh, very eccentric, we'll mm-hmm. say. You could use that word. Yeah, he he shuffles Jack into his shop and Jack is like trying to ask him about this this stinky gas. But the scissorsmith keeps like trying to sell him stuff um, and tries to sell him like everything. It seems like he's a jack of all trades, Mm -hmm. like he's the only functioning person in this entire town. Yeah. Yeah. Which could be why his shop's all over the place in terms of what it has. Right. He's got to fulfill every role because nobody else can do anything. Um, he tries to sell Jack, uh, some flint and tinder to make a fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a crow in his shop that says fire rhymes with liar. <laughs> so there's a talking crow and Jack says, oh, your pet speaks very well. And then he says, that's no pet. That's my wife. <laughs> and then this Seinfeld bass music starts <laughs> playing and. <laughs> it- it really felt like the payoff, like the punchline of a joke that we didn't hear. <laughs> I know. It was so out of place. <laughs> yeah. That's my wife, he says. <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny. Uh, <laughs> the only explanation he gives to Jack is never sell a wizard an expired fishing license. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> so bizarre. Um, Jack asks again about the, the stench and it turns out this, this scissor Smith is also like an info broker mm-hmm. in this town, like selling everyone's secrets. Yeah. He's kind of a dick about it. He's very much a dick about it. And Jack is not having any of it. He's like, I will not pay for this information. Um, and this, the scissor Smith leads him outside, leads Jack outside and has him look up at the sign of the shop. Um, it says like, do you see anywhere here where it says like, I give anything for free? And Jack's like, no, I don't see it. And like literally hands him a magnifying glass. Like, oh no, really look close and like, see if you can find anything. What an asshole. (laughs) Dick. He's trying to make a dollar in this city, but like nobody can even walk. So like, I'm not really sure what his end goal is here. I don't know. He's a weirdo. (laughs) Yeah. He tells Jack like, I don't sell free information. And then walks back in the shop. Um, but Jack is like completely fed up with this this whole scenario. Enough of this foolishness. You will tell me where the stench comes from. No! All right, I'll tell you. For a loaf of bread and a ride on a wagon. Wagon? 
give it all away. Give what away? What dragon? Nothing. <laughs> uh, there's no dragon. Dragon! Dragon! The smell comes from a dragon! <laughs> Why, you? But still will not, the scissorsmith still will not tell Jack where this dragon lives. And Jack is getting like very visibly angry and tells him like, you are arousing my ire. <laughs> and <laughs> so, of course, the crow only has one function and one job in the scenario and says, oh, I... Ire, that rhymes with spire. A dragon lives on the spire. Good thing he chose those words. Otherwise, the, the crow wouldn't have been able to give him anything. Yeah. Jack's playing a very clever game here. He's playing eight-dimensional chess. <laughs> um, And Jack, yeah, now he just directly asks the crow, like, oh, where is the spire? And the scissorsmith threatens her. And is like, oh, you better not. And the crow says, oh, the spire is to the east of the town. And then... He starts chasing her around the shop comically with like a wooden <laughs> paddle. Yep. And he's been like throwing things at her the whole time. Every time she speaks, he's been trying to assault her. Very classically cartoony comedy yeah. going on here. <laughs> Crow, that's my wife. And then chasing around with a wooden paddle. Yeah. And then, yeah, a full scene of him trying to, to commit domestic abuse. Hilarious. <laughs> Just like, hey, Arnold. Just like, hey, Arnold. Um, Jack leaves the shop and the entire city and he sees that big spire in the distance. He starts walking towards it and the scissorsmith chases him down, um, and like finally offers to help, um, because he says that actually the dragon, he says that he lost his daughter to the dragon, mm -hmm. which like knowing what the dragon's main like issue is here or like the, <laughs> the main reason that the dragon is like distressing this town like did the daughter die to stink that's what i'm thinking yeah <laughs> probably man what a way to go i hope that's how i go out like the birds and the fish i know well his daughter yeah he and he knew she was gone because she had x's in her eyes <laughs> tragic um yeah finally offers to help jack and gives him a sheep's bladder that he's supposed to wear over over his face to help breathe while he's in this this stinky gas. Yep. Um, and then starts giving like an airplane safety demonstration yeah, he, with this sheep's platter. He just launches into a full flight attendant spiel. Like, what the fuck yeah. is up with this guy? Like exits to the front and the left and. Yeah, literally goes on like the whole entire thing. Looks directly in the camera when he gets to the part about fastening your own mask before your children's. Right. Might as well be winking at you and me <laughs> watching this episode. Uh, it's so bizarre and like very, <laughs> like very different from a lot of the jokes that we've seen on the show. This one is like very, yeah, mm. it, it is literally trying to be like, huh, you get it, yeah. Nick and Brendan? You're going to talk about this on your podcast. This whole episode is really weird in terms of like, the the writing the writing is bizarre uh which we've actually reached my favorite joke in the entire episode oh man um so there were jack's like about to leave the scissor smith after he gives him this this sheep's bladder um and yeah we we've reached this part there are two parts of this episode that i remember vividly one is the cause of this stinky gas mm -hmm. like which we'll get to what what is causing this. The other is this joke that we're going to talk about right now because it was so weird and out of place. 
the scissorsmith says to Jack, uh, at the fork in the road, follow the rocky path. It will take you to the dragon's lair. And Jack says, where will the other one take me? And the scissorsmith yells back to him, space ace. I get it now. I get it now. And it zooms in on Jack's face and it goes, boing. <laughs> I, I did not get it at the time. I was like, what the hell is he talking about? But as you were repeating it, now I understand it's a reference to the arcade games. It's a reference to the arcade games, <laughs> Dragon's Lair and Space Ace, like created by D- Don Bluth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I can't understand who this joke is for. <laughs> um, if I had watched this show as a eight or nine year old boy, whatever I would have been at this time, uh, and heard that joke, I would have just like, it would have completely washed over me and meant nothing. Mm. Um, but when I first watched this episode, I had already made like a handful of trips to uh, Fun Spot yep. in New Hampshire, which is the best arcade in the entire country. Yeah. Arcade museum, um, technically. Yes. Uh, an incredible place. Um, but ha- I had played Dragon's Lair many times, which is directly next to a Space Ace cabinet. Mm. So like, I got it. But, like, why did they bother? Yeah. Why did they bother? I don't know. Um, on my first watch through of this episode, I had no idea what he was talking about. And But but it, it didn't seem too out of the usual because I most of the time I didn't understand what this guy was talking about. He just kept making, like, references all the time. This was a very pointed reference. Yeah, very directly <laughs> referencing something that I don't know why they felt the need to do it. But, like... It's great. I think they got some new staff on the team for these last couple episodes. New writer, new yeah. artist. After this <laughs> bizarre out of place joke, uh, it cuts to commercial and it cuts back and Jack is slowly making his way up this tall spire. Um, he starts climbing up and like he sees a feather sticking out of the side of the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and he grabs the feather and, uh, but it turns out that this belongs to a humongous moth that emerges from the stone wall. And Jack is like holding on to this moth as it's fly- flying wildly through the sky. Mm-hmm. It looks like a Dark Souls boss. Dark Souls 1 has a, a lunar moth. This thing looks almost exactly like it. I was stoked. Yeah. I was ready for that music to <laughs> kick in. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, one other thing I noticed about this scene before we move on is that the art style on the spire uh, perfectly matches the art style on the rock beast from the previous episode in that like four four tone like mosaic style that that thing yeah. was done in, uh, which is why I think there might be a new artist on the show. <laughs> this is how they like to render like rock things. They've got a real hard on for these rocks. Yeah, that's a that's a rock joke. It's a rock joke because rocks are hard. Yeah, the, this this moth starts like flying up through the sky and starts like flying up towards the top of the spire um, into like that big, there's like a big gas cloud sort of obscuring the top of the spire. Um, They're about to fly into it. And Jack like pulls out that sheep's bladder and and straps it over his face. It's obviously very disgusting. And like, he's, he wants no part of it. So he like immediately rips it off, Mm -hmm. Uh, but they enter into this gas and he starts like, choking and gagging on the stink so he has to put the mask back on yeah. like immediately his eyes go bloodshot he's having a really bad time in there uh yeah they they pass through the top of this cloud 
and uh, reach the top of the spire. And there's like a cave opening at the very top of it. Uh, they start to approach it, but then the moth like turns and starts flying away. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jack rips off part of the moth's wing and basically like Zelda sailcloths back to the spire. It's very brutal. And uh, I'm also glad that you brought up Zelda because the rest of this episode feels a lot like a Zelda dungeon. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that's where it starts. It, it's really brutal. We hear a tearing sound as he rips it off. I'm not sure how, yeah, this moth is supposed to go on after that. But Jack, you know, he has no regard for that. He's got to make it to that cave. Yeah, this is important. He lands at the base of this cave and uh, there's a big growl from inside the darkness. Uh, and we can see these two glowing eyes that light up from within the cave and like look down on Jack and like envelop him in this this blinding light. Um, and he prepares his sword uh but then these large sharp teeth appear in the darkness too and like this this mouth opens up and just lets out this gigantic blast of fire which he ducks out of the way of uh but then we see there's this big red dragon inside of the cave uh that stops growling menacingly and then starts like groaning in pain mm-hmm. The dragon starts speaking and literally literally says, like, oh, the pain and, like, collapses on the ground. Um, and there's all these gurgly gas noises going <laughs> on in the background of the scene. Yeah. Jack talks to the dragon a little bit and uh, the, the dragon asks Jack to help him. And Jack says, uh, oh, yeah, I'll help you by putting you out of your misery, <laughs> which is kind of unlike Jack, I think. <laughs> it's very weird. Yeah, like very uncharacteristic. Oh, you can talk and you're asking for help. I will kill you. <laughs> I will murder you. Yeah, he raises his sword to like stab it directly through the head. Like, <laughs> um, but no, he he the dragon like quickly like shuts that right down. No, wait. You don't understand. There's something inside me that is causing this inside of you there's like this low building rumble that starts to like slowly creep up and jack jumps out of the way of this cave opening just in time as and like puts his cheek ladder over his face as the dragon rips a huge fart that explodes a gigantic plume of gas out of the cave which we can see immediately soars down to the village below them. Yeah. It's a very highbrow show. <laughs> this is art. <laughs> we get episodes like the blind archers that are like basically art house films. And then we get this shit. <laughs> uh, it's about a farting dragon, <laughs> folks. That's what we're dealing with this week. Um. I couldn't believe the very first time I watched this episode, I could not believe that this is what they were <laughs> doing. And I'm so I'm so happy that they did <laughs> pretty much as soon as the dragon started complaining about his gastrointestinal distress. I knew where we were going, but <laughs> I don't know yeah. if I was ready for it. <laughs> it would be impossible to be completely ready for this. Um, yeah. Big, humongous fart that lets out this this cloud that like envelops that village again and jack looks down on that village and he says <laughs> he actually says oh those poor and then he corrects himself he goes uh i mean those unfortunate people jack and his political correctness 
hey, that, you know, that zombie guy really drilled it into his head. So <laughs> he's, he's putting in the effort. Jack agrees to help the dragon. Um, and the dragon tells Jack to uh, enter inside his body and destroy the source of this gas uh, and opens up his mouth wide. And Jack like walks in through his mouth like past his big, sharp, dripping teeth mm-hmm. inside of his body. The scale here seemed to shift dramatically. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it went so far. Like it it just completely pushed it all the way to 10. Yeah. Like Jack talking to the dragon on the outside of the body is like the dragon's obviously much bigger than it's Jack, big, but yeah. not like outrageously big. Jack is probably the size <laughs> of the dragon's head, I would say. Right. <laughs> like his whole Jack's whole body is the dragon's head. Um, but when he gets inside, he's like <laughs> extremely tiny in the dragon's mouth. This <laughs> gigantic, yeah, cavernous mouth. He's like walking across the tongue that is like a human. It's like a football field. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's absurd. Yeah. Like the moment he enters this dragon, like, yeah, just throw scale like right out the window. Um, I, I was, it's very funny. I was actually kind of mad about it. I was like, what the hell is going on? Why did they make the dragon so small on the outside? They could have just had his like head sticking up, and then for the fart joke, just have it come out of like a cavern behind him. Ah. Well, you know they've got to have a whole fun dungeon, and <laughs> you know Jabu Jabu Jabu's not really that big, but you know the Jack's got to go save Princess that's Rudo. That's true. And, the scale in that is way off too. <laughs> yeah, it's basically the same thing. Uh, it doesn't make any sense, but <laughs> it at least helps the rest of the episode sort of play out the way that it does. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jack journeys down this dragon's throat, which is, yeah, like this gigantic cavernous tunnel. Um, and there's these two big holes in the ground, uh, and one of them like erupts with flame. Uh, and after this, like this big water spouts from the ceiling of the throat, um, and flushes Jack down like the other hole. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) kind of like the whole sequence of events here starts to get a little murky, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it, it like flushes him down the other hole and he, he falls through this narrow, narrow passageway, uh, and it dumps him out into what seems like the dragon's stomach. Yeah. Which is like this big acid ocean, essentially, uh, that, and it's like this big chamber filled with these like yellow bubbles floating around. Jack manages to land on one of these bubbles before falling into the the big pool of acid below. Um, he's kind of sitting on this bubble, like surveying the scene. And there's this little bird thing, like yeah. this little bird, like almost like an alien robot thing. I don't even know. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be a robot the because it makes some noises that kind of seem like. Almost robotic. Right. Um, a little mechanical. Yeah, but I, I really don't know. Don't know what it is. I don't know what it's supposed to be. Isn't it weird that that's what's going on inside of us right now? We all have little birds popping bubbles in our stomachs. It's crazy. Um, science has gone way too far. <laughs> um, yeah, this little yellow bird thing with like this very pointy beak uh, flying around, like popping all these other bubbles in the stomach. Um Jack sees this and uh, and is like horrified immediately. And, and the, the bird thing sees Jack and, and flies over to him uh, and he starts swiping at it with his sword. Uh, but it manages to dodge him like for a little while. 
But then Jack cuts it directly in half. Uh, but of course, it has like the Hydra effect and starts multiplying into like more birds. Yeah. At first, it's like a Russian nesting doll where he cuts it in half and then two halves of a smaller one pop out of like each side and come together to form right. one. And then in the very next drought, we have just two that are the same size. Right. Uh, and Jack <laughs> doesn't pick up on that quick enough because he goes on like a rampage slicing these things yeah. up. And then he's just like completely overwhelmed with these bird creatures. Yep. And uh, one of them steals his sandal, uh, which I think is fun. Yeah. There's no real there. I mean, there's a small payoff for that, but uh, yeah, uh, you'll be happy to know that I did pay attention and they don't mess up and animate him with that sandal again until it's appropriate. Um, Yeah, there there's a couple sandal gags that they they had to pull off later in this episode. So mm-hmm. it's a good thing that they remembered their own sort of <laughs> setup here. He uh, yeah, they, he uh, one of the birds pops the bubble that Jack is riding on and he starts falling towards the, the acid below him. Um, but he grabs like this dangling elastic tube that's near him. Um, and sort of catches himself before he falls in. Um, he starts climbing up towards the top of it and it turns out that it's like this big worm creature thing. Mm-hmm. Um, with like one big eye and like a mouth that's grabbing onto the top of the stomach. Um, and the mouth detaches from the ceiling and Jack starts falling again towards the acid. Um, but luckily there's like a series of these tube worm things. Um, so he grabs onto like a few more of them and starts swinging his way like across the stomach and reaches uh like goes all the way to the the stomach wall and reaches like an opening that's that's just on the side and like lands to safety and as soon as he lands there there's like these weird bug things flying around in the inside of it and this like this whole sequence is very much starting to actually feel like dragon's lair like the actual game oh yeah yeah they it's almost like oh well we made the joke now we have to see it through <laughs> yeah now we have to mm. remake dragon's lair but what if Jack? Yeah, they should have released that. I would I would play like a Dragon's oh, hell Lair. Yeah. That's just this episode of Samurai Jack. Dragon's Lair is not really that great of a game. But if you uh, do purchase it uh, on some like Steam or PlayStation or something like that, and then like just turn on the no death mode, mm. um, it is fun to like see it all the way through to the end. Just infinite tokens. I tried to play it at, at fun spot once and it just eats your tokens. Like <laughs> it is the highest token cost game of any of like the classic arcade games mm-hmm. that they have in like their museum section there. Um, so yeah, me and my friends have spent way more tokens than was necessary on like trying to see dragon's lair through to the end. Uh, not 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 recommended no i tried to play it on the nes but it's a completely different game oh yeah um it's fine i don't know i have nothing more to say about dragon's lair that's it yeah (laughs) yeah jack lands in this this safe zone on the side of the stomach and he asks the dragon if he's near the source of the pain and the dragon's like no keep going lower uh (laughs) (laughs) so jack like keeps walking down this tunnel and he's Walking now kind of with like a little bit of a limp because he's missing a sandal. So like, you know, mm-hmm. they remembered that he lost the sandal. Yeah. They got it right this time. Um, he walks down this tunnel and it kind of like the camera zooms way out from the scene. Uh, and we can see he's walking through like this huge maze of 
winding tunnels, which like from here. Yeah, the the episode gets very video gamey in a way that like the Jack uh, versus the lava monster mm-hmm. did. Yep. Um, but I feel like, you know, this time around, like they're having fun with it and like instead of trying to make it like super serious rather than just trying to fill time in the episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this this sequence does go on for a while, but like at least like to this point, like we've we've shared a few laughs together and we know that he's in a zany situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, it it fits the tone of this episode better than that one. For sure. Like This one yeah. starts off wacky and wild and that one was pretty somber all the way through right uh which was weird yeah like the weird i don't know we don't have to spend too much more time talking (laughs) about that episode but yeah it was like the very like serious tone of like oh get over here and then him going through like the platforming section whereas in this one yeah like we've are we at this point we've already established that like the dragon is farting (laughs) and like had all the fun jokes with the scissor smith so like let's have a little more fun here in like a crazy video game world mm. uh yeah jack is uh uh walking through these winding tunnels which start to like kind of like propel him through what seems like like the abdomen uh or like the like the intestines of the the dragon yep. um like shooting him through these tunnels um and he reaches like these these weird suckers that are inside of the dragon um, which are moving in like a, a pattern, which he almost jumps all the way through, but one of them manages to like suck him in. Yeah. And they're very much like the, uh, the like likes in Zelda, the ones that suck you in and steal your shield. There's a lot of Zelda going on mm-hmm. in this episode, which I'm here for. Yeah. That's fine. I was pretty excited about it actually. Same. Yeah. He, he gets sucked into this, this thing and it like spits him out into like this watery passageway. Um, and he's like, he can't breathe. He's like drowning. And there's a jellyfish thing that's floating around near him, uh, which he grabs and sticks over his head to be able to breathe. Yeah, I was a little worried when this thing first came on screen because we see it like floating around and he's like studying it. And it's got these little like weird like things sticking out of its head, like these antennas. And it's making this like squelchy noise and there's like bubbles coming out of them. And I was like, he's about right. to grab that thing and start sucking on those. <laughs> and so when he put the whole thing over his head i was like oh thank god they wouldn't go that far would they see well the the fact that i thought they might maybe in my samurai jack fanfic (laughs) yeah he he sticks this thing over his head and like now he can breathe in this watery passage he's floating along happily and like we get these yeah these very pulled out shots of him soaring through these tunnels um and it actually very much reminded me of this PC game I used to play in like the late 1990s. That was a PC version of the game, the the board game Operation. Oh, yeah. Which didn't really have any traditional like operation. Like <laughs> it was really nothing like the actual board game itself. But like there was a series of patients that you would work on. There was like a spooky like frankenstein patient and then like a a big like candy like a person made candy and like i don't know like all these different themed levels uh but you would have to maneuver your mouse through like a maze of tunnels to like avoid a bunch of viruses on the inside of the body of these patients 
Uh, and it almost looked exactly like what's going on with Jack floating through these tunnels. So I had like an extreme flashback to my childhood of playing this game. Maybe that's what they were doing. Maybe it was just the animators and the writers getting all nostalgic and just throwing all this stuff in there. Yeah, I like I'm not really sure what they were going for, but this hit home with me because my brain is broken. <laughs> so that's all right. Um. Yeah, he's he's floating along, and then he there's like this large aperture in the water water that's like sucking in like all of the water mm-hmm. uh, into this tunnel. Um, and Jack is like trying to swim away from it as fast as he can, uh, but finally, like it catches up to him, and he gets sucked into this this aperture. <laughs> you uh, trying to avoid the word sphincter? <laughs> it's sphincter like. <laughs> At this point, I don't know where he is in the dragon's body, you know, compared to human anatomy. So <laughs> we're just going to roll with it. Um, there's a good goof where, like, he gets sucked in into this hole and his sandal, his one remaining sandal didn't come through. Uh, but then the hole opens up again and he, like, reaches out and grabs the sandal and then goes back into the hole. They're really, yeah, paying off the sandal jokes. Yeah, like an Indiana Jones kind of bit. Pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, he's, he soars through this long series of tunnels uh, in the dragon's body and finally gets dumped out into like this big chamber somewhere in the dragon's anatomy, which I'm not really sure <laughs> 100% where it is. No. Um, but there's like these big like green tubes that are like flowing through the dragon's body. It's very gross. Whatever, wherever he is, it's, it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And he looks up in this chamber and there's a big white egg. That's cracked at the top of it. There's like a hole at the top of this egg. And inside the egg, there's a baby dragon mm-hmm. um, that starts breathing fire, which is like pouring out the top of the hole in the egg. And Jack is like super delighted and like excited to see this baby dragon, um, but realizes that the flame is heating up some big dragon organ. Yeah. Some sort of gland. We don't really know what it is. Yeah, some big fleshy dragon part that's that now like being engulfed in flames. And each time it does, it erupts in this big gas explosion. And so we get this great shot of like the flame uh, covering this this thing, which explodes in gas. And then it quickly cuts outside of the cave to like the cave opening on that spire yeah. with like, this gigantic fart with this huge <laughs> gas spouting out of it. Yep. <laughs> um. So presumably he's in the dragon's ass <laughs> or somewhere nearby. Yeah. He's near the dragon ass. This episode has gone places. Um, <laughs> and we got a ways to go. We're almost there. Uh, he, <laughs> the dragon begs Jack to like help him. Uh, and Jack cuts this egg loose and like ties it to his back. Um, and he starts running through some tunnels and reaches like a dead end as this big gas cloud approaches behind him. Um, he's got nowhere left to turn and, uh, the baby dragon like breathes out another big spout of flame, which ignites this gas cloud that was following them. So he gets, (laughs) it goes exactly (laughs) where you're expecting it to (laughs) the very next shot. 
Yeah, this this flame ignited the gas, and the very next shot is Jack blasting through the entrance of the cave, <laughs> like soaring through the air with the, the egg strapped to his back. And the dragon just yells to Jack, thank you. <laughs> and Jack's got this big goofy grin on. <laughs> it's so fucked up. Well, what a world he's found himself in. Like, I'm not sure how I would feel because what we're led to believe here is that Jack was blasted out of this dragon's ass. Yes, yeah. That's the implication. This dragon just blew out his own ring. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I can't even God. make jokes. Like, how am I supposed to joke about it? Uh, Taco Bell. Uh, ha- hey, Haribo hey. gummy bears. I've been there, man. <laughs> Use those to come up with your own jokes and send them into us. So Jack gets blasted out the ass. Uh, he's flying through the sky with his egg strapped to his back. Uh, and he starts to realize that like he's falling down to earth with like nothing to stop him. Uh, but the egg starts to hatch and this little baby dragon pops out of it. Like this cute little red baby dragon with like big googly eyes pops right out of the egg. And uh, it's got like little tiny dragon wings and it, it catches Jack as they're falling uh, and like carries him back to safety down to the village. Um, as he lands in the village, like this big gas cloud uh, is that was covering the village, like settles and, and dissipates and is gone. So the people cheer for Jack as he lands. Um, and then we get the the closing segment of this episode. <laughs> which, <laughs> The scissorsmith like approaches Jack and he's like wrapping up with him like, oh, good job, Jack. You saved the day. Um, (laughs) But as they're having this discussion, the townsfolk are running behind them, like celebrating and like hooting and hollering for joy. But they're all completely engulfed in flame. (laughs) They're all like blackened and the the buildings are all on fire. But everybody's just like, woo, yeah. Everyone's completely <laughs> engulfed in flame, yeah, burning alive, but super stoked that the stinky gas is gone. Uh, we could see that the baby dragon, like, just has no control and is just, like, completely burning the village down. Like, all the building buildings are totally burnt down. Oh, it just keeps blasting flames everywhere. <laughs> Jack is, like, horrified by this new problem. And he, he even says, like, oh, well, I guess now I have to take care of this fire and then the scissor smith like tries to sell him something else and the, the the crow wife like squawks at him again and then he chases after her again with a paddle and like the exact same like comedic scene as yep. before uh so like the very ending of this episode is jack just standing in like total befuddlement <laughs> as this dragon is burning the entire village down around him, but people are still like thrilled to be free of this gas. Yeah, the dragon's so. just like sat on top of one of the houses, just blasting flame in another house. Just blasting flame everywhere. And yeah, <laughs> everyone's on fire, but they're like so happy that Jack has saved the day and he does not want, know what to make of the episode. And neither did I because it cuts to credits immediately after that. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I think I said, sitting on my couch, I think I said, well, that was something <laughs> uh, right before it cuts to credits, though, we do get one person who does scream. They're like sitting by one of the houses and the dragon like turns its flame on him. And it does that cartoon scream that's in like it, I'm sure I've heard it in SpongeBob. Uh, it's like a stock uh, like audio. It's just the ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> 
it's such a bizarre ending to the episode. So <laughs> this episode, like I have had, you know, obviously I've had a few issues with like some filler episodes in the past that like maybe took themselves a little too seriously at points and like even like <sighs> strayed too far from what like I consider to be the Samurai Jack formula, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. This episode, like I think, mm, I mean, I've watched every episode of this television show. I think this is probably the stupidest fucking episode of Samurai Jack that exists. <laughs> yeah. And I love it for everything that it does. Oh, it's so weird. It's so tonally. It's so weird. Uh, there's a lot of weird animation. Like, uh, I didn't bring it up, but when he's scrambling up the rope or the the worm thing earlier in the episode, he's got this face that I've never seen him make. And then when he's floating with the jellyfish on his head and he goes through the, the sphincter and he's like trying to escape it, he makes like at least six different faces that all look kind of like uh, faces you'd see in like comic artists online now, like a, a really long, like grumpy mouth. Um, yeah. Just some like really exaggerated expressions on his face that you barely get to see. Uh, <laughs> but just the, all of it combined, it just made for a really weird episode. It's such a bizarre episode that, like, totally comes out of nowhere, like, with some of the episodes we've had in recent weeks. Like, there are many filler episodes on this show, but, like, it was, like, just such a – so many weird choices went into this episode. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I think it's – it's, like, so silly to a point where, like, I can appreciate that everything that's going on is just, like, mm. so well- st- like we were saying off the walls. Yeah. Like we were saying about the, the rock monster or the lava monster episode. Uh, this one just kind of goes for it. <laughs> like they're like, right. we know this is ridiculous. So let's really push it and <laughs> just make it super ridiculous. Um, yeah. They lean into like, we, yeah, we know what we're going for here. <laughs> and like, I don't know it, it like it. I don't even know that like half the jokes and like bits in this episode do work, but like just the fact that like they're so outlandish, I don't know. It uh, it works for me. Um, big thumbs up on this episode. Yeah, it's like I would never. I don't think I would ever watch like the the lava monster episode again, or like Jack Tales again, or like all these kind of filler episodes mm-hmm. like that. Because like I th- there's just nothing in them that's enjoyable. Like for me, but this episode is all about a dragon farting. And then like beyond that, like just like the weird ass medieval village that he finds himself in. Like, uh, yeah, like sign me up. I'll watch this episode like many more times. And pre- this probably was the episode I was most excited for us to watch oh, on this man. television. Mine's show. still coming up. I don't know when. Um, like I said, too, I, I don't remember this one at all. It's possible that I never saw this one. Um, or if I did, I just blocked it out because that guy without the nose freaks me out. I could never forget. I never will forget. Um, <laughs> what a what a trip we've been on. Uh, okay. Um, that was episode 21 of Samurai Jack. Uh, I, <laughs> I wonder where we'll go next. <laughs> um, Brendan, we got an email this week. We did. Email time. Email. Boom, 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 boom. Email. Boom, 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 boom. This is a different song than the last email song You we can't had. prove that. It's the same song. I'm pretty sure I could. <laughs> you could actually. Okay. Using the, the power <laughs> of podcasting. Uh, anyway, we have an email here from Matthew. Uh, and I have to do my Aku impression, and I didn't practice it intentionally because I wanted to give you guys the raw, uncut. Good luck. Brendan trying to do an impression. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, you can do it. Uh, <laughs> foolish samurais. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's the whole Holy thing. Holy shit. That's it. Send Did it. Mako come back from the dead to read this email? <laughs> but it goes on from there. Uh, just saw the entire series this year for the very first time. Love how it takes its time, often with minimal dialogue. I agree. Uh, goes on to say, couldn't say the same when I was an impatient kid. Never got into it back then. Uh, thought it was going too slow. Well, what does an eight-year-old know anyways? Uh, not much, uh, except about like dinosaurs and shit. <laughs> anyway, before I bore you too much, he says, I got two random questions. So we'll take these one at a time like we normally do. If there's one aspect about the show that you wish could be different, what would it be? What do you mm. think, Nick? <sighs> this is a good question because like... I think I've touched on this a little bit before, but like any time that they make Jack like act out of character, like really rubs me the wrong way, Mm. Uh, especially, you know, obviously my thoughts on Jack and the gangsters are known, but like, I don't know, like sometimes I think they they put Jack like Jack has to fill this this certain mold to like be able to tell the story that we want to tell Mm -hmm. in this episode. Like, sometimes I wish they wouldn't do that. Like, I wish they would craft the episode more around, like, the idea of what Samurai Jack is instead mm-hmm. of, like, the, the scenario they want him to be. What would it doesn't he happen too much. Do, rather than what can yeah. we make him do. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't happen too often, but anytime it does, I get, yeah, <laughs> very frustrated, as is well documented <laughs> yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> I would say, um, just just as, like, what I'm looking for nowadays is I, I would want more of a through line. Like, I get that it's a kid's show. It's meant that they're going to watch it, like, here and there. Maybe the no no kid's going to sit down every day. Well, I probably would have. But no, no <laughs> most aren't going to sit down and, like, watch it sequentially to, like, have that sort of, like, narrative, like, weight going with it. Um, but, like, nowadays, like, being older, I do want something that's got, like, a, a real narrative that's building. Um, right. But I think it's great for what it is. And I think season five kind of has that as a more modern for sure take on the show. Uh, so I'll get that eventually. Yeah. I mean, a show like this, like the <laughs> cartoon network orders so many episodes from Gandhi Tartakovsky and the creators of the show that like they have to, yeah. Fill it up with episodes where dragons fart and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. It can't always be like Jack directly fighting Aku. Although, yeah, I think, even in like this season alone, like I feel like they've strayed a lot from kind of like the core, yeah, the core plot of the show, like and with with varying degrees of success. Mm. Um, and we haven't really seen a lot of Aku this season. I won't make the mistake of seeing him. We've only seen him once no, or twice. Uh, please be careful. <laughs> but we we don't get a lot of him, and when we do, it's kind of just like off to the side. Like he's either yeah. just watching Jack, or he's in a flashback or something. Um, and I'm, I'm getting a little disappointed that we're not getting more of him. I hope he comes back soon in like a bigger way. I agree. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I don't think there was much about the show that I would change. I think it's pretty solid overall. I trust them to do the right thing with the show, uh, more than I trust myself to tell them like, I want you to do this. Also, this is a show that came out 20 years ago, so <laughs> yeah. like, it's not like they can change it now. You can scream into the void if you want. No one's going to hear you. Um, Just you and me, buddy. Yeah. And all of our... Awesome listeners. Thank you all for listening. Thank you. Uh, Okay, that's that one question. And here's the second one. And to keep things positive, what's the best recurring trait about the show that you have a soft spot for? Um, 
I hmm, I might go with exactly what Matthew said in his email with like the moments of minimal dialogue. Um, like, yeah, I, we talked about that a bunch of times where like this is not something that they did at this this time <clears throat> in like children's animation in on American TV. Um, like not being afraid to like, yeah, really focus in on like the sound design or the visual design and like really not like make a million jokes like they did this week, yeah. even though like I really appreciated that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just like their, their ability to like take a very quiet scene and like make the most out of it. in a lot of episodes, I, I really love every time they're able to pull that off mm-hmm. successfully. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I also really like a lot of like the visual things that they do uh, a lot throughout the show, like the the comic book panels when they have those or like the really striking like if he slashes with his sword, maybe we'll just get a black screen and like a white like slash kind of indicator. Yeah, um, I like those sorts of like visually striking moments. Uh, anytime yeah. they come up, they're usually done really well. We don't really mention them a lot on the show when it happens, uh, but it does happen a lot. Uh, and I, I always yeah. love it. They make a lot of cool, yeah, animation choices like that. And I do always really appreciate it when they do stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's always fun. Yeah, so uh, that's that's what we liked about it. Uh, the, that's what we've changed. Um, thank you for the email, Matthew. We really appreciate hearing from you. Uh, and if anybody else wants to send in your email, you'll have it read on air. Uh, you can send that in to gotarecap at gmail.com. Are we live on the air? Y- yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, like right now, it is mm. 10... 15 a.m. on Wednesday, the 11th. Uh, I just freaked out somebody, I think. Hopefully, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I know that could be any Wednesday, the 11th, for the the rest of time. (laughs) I tried to leave it vague, and then I pulled out an actual number for the day. (laughs) Yeah, you blew it. Yeah, that's all right. We know you're listening, Kevin. Oh, my God. More specific, someone named Kevin on Wednesday, the 11th, is like they... Yeah, their head just exploded, <laughs> scanner style. Uh, if that's you, Kevin, listening at 1045 a.m. on Wednesday the 11th, let us know on. Please, uh, e- yes, please email us. Let us know. Yeah, either email us. You can let us know at Gotta Recap on Twitter, at Gotta Recap on Instagram. Uh, you can write a review that talks about it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you, else you can write podcast reviews. That would all be super appreciated, whether you're Kevin or anyone else listening to this episode. Uh, yeah, definitely take the time. Uh, reach out to us. Uh, leave a review. Uh, we appreciate everyone who does all of that. Uh, thank you, as always. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, Brendan, that is going to do it for us this week. Uh, that was a real wild episode that we just recapped. Yeah, it was. I'm, I'm damn happy that we did it. <laughs> Let's hope it keeps up. Things are certainly going to keep up next week for episode 22. Uh, We will catch everybody then. Thank you all so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.